Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about the four pillars. What is a pillar? Anyway? I was going to say, what is a pillar? A pillar, like, I, they're the, I think of the Colosseum, which right. I've never been to. I have. I've never been to the Colosseum, yeah. but I've seen pillars in a picture when I think of the Colosseum. That's all I think about. Houses can have pillars. In the house? No, or outside I don't like the, the outside of the like house. Like the porch. Yeah. yeah, the porch has pillars. So envision your front porch. Right. Four of those. Holding your house up. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. We're going to talk about how four pillars uh, of spir- the spiritual disciplines in your discipleship group. Yeah. The four pillars that are key to every discipleship group. Yeah. And if you don't have these, we would say you're missing out. Your front porch is going to fall down. Yeah. So that's that's a, and you don't want that to happen, you right? Don't want so, to happen. so here's what we would say uh, D groups, we, we give a lot of latitude on how you can lead a discipleship group, right? right? We don't want to give you a step-by-step process. You have to do this. Here are 17 ways to make disciples. But we will say there are certain disciplines, yes. certain practices that you can do as a leader, but more importantly, as a person in a group. So if you're in yeah. a discipleship group, regardless of whether your leader is encouraging you to mm-hmm. do this, you should probably d- be doing this to be a growing disciple. Yes, and I will say we, uh, we just did a, a Q&A at a training for discipleship groups here at Long Hollow at yeah. our church here. And one question that we always get is, can we do so-and-so? Can we do this way? What if we want to do it that way? <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of funny to me because I'm like, we don't have like, uh, if you do it any other way, you can't call it a discipleship group. Right, right, <laughs> like, right, right. You can do it based on your church. Like your church needs to decide, hey, here's how we're going to do groups here. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of parameters within that. But there's a lot of freedom within that. Well, here's what's interesting about that question, okay? We have gotten so institutionalized as a church mm-hmm. that our people now have to ask permission to do Christian things, right? <laughs> like, how, how have we That's gotten true. here? That's true. Where, where people who are filled with the Spirit of God, yes. uh, studying the Word of God, sharing right. the gospel of God to the people of God, they have to ask, I <laughs> can I do this thing? When actually we need to unleash That's our right. people to go out and change the world for Christ. so Yeah, and that's the challenge. It's like, uh, what if we want to do our scripture memory at the end? Or what if we want to memorize some <laughs> other passages than you've told us specifically? I'm yeah. like, Can we read another Bible reading plan? I know. No, that, no, that's heresy right there. But no, you can read whatever that's you want. Right. Right? As yeah. long as you're doing something, you have to have a plan. I mean, we're giving you tracks to run along this discipleship path, this discipleship pathway as your discipleship group. There's a lot of freedom within there. there. But these spiritual disciplines, these pillars that we're talking about, I would say these are non-negotiables we see in Scripture uh, from Genesis to Revelation. We see Jesus practicing these things. We see Jesus leading the disciples to do these things. And so when we talked about our discipleship groups, and as we've developed uh, at Replicate for over a decade now how to implement this in church, and and practicing-wise, we've got members of our team we've been doing since 1974, I believe. Wow. Bro T. Yeah, exactly. Old school. Old school. Um, He's been doing it for a long time, and even, you know, his mentor. And so thinking through the pillars of of discipleship and the the disciplines, it's it's not like, oh, here's a a brand new thing that is going to totally revolutionize your church. Yeah. I used to— It's an old thing, but it's a thing that most people aren't doing. Yeah. I used to think years ago, I want to write a book called The Secrets of the Christian Life or the Obvious Things, Mm. right? Because, you know, everybody comes to you as a pastor, like, what's the secret to a a thriving, enjoyable, fulfilling Christian life? And it's like, hey, it's always the same. 
Bible reading, right. Bible memorization, praying and hearing right. from God, and obeying. No any, doubt. Qu- any questions? Oh yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Okay, so let's jump in. Okay, let's jump in. The first let's one. Let's begin now that we've we've been in for a little bit. Let's yeah. Go, okay. Let's, let's really started. begin. Let's there really begin. <laughs> okay. So let's start with the Bible. Okay. Uh, which is probably a good place for us to That's start. That's always a good place to start. Yeah, we can start with the Bible. You told okay. me when you came in this morning, you said, I've been up reading since 5.30 or 5.45. I got been up reading. And since. I said, what were you reading? <laughs> yeah, and I said, I read for about an hour and a half, two hours. And you said, what were you reading? Right. And I said, what the else? Bible. Yeah, the, the Bible. Bible, yeah. There I tried to Jesus you. But anyway, was I was you, doing yeah. some studying, some other things too. But Okay, so here's the thing. Um, Jesus, if Jesus Christ in John says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, okay? Right. So if Jesus Christ was the walking Word, so here's what you got to understand. Not only is Jesus embodying the Word, Jesus has taken the Word, it's in his heart, in his mind. Now, some will push back and say, well, he's God, he wrote the book, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, true, they're, they're true. But in his humanity, and this is going to catch some people off guard, but in his humanity, I believe Jesus had to take the time to study the word and hide it in his heart. I don't believe Jesus in his humanity was in the yeshiva school back as a seven or 10 year old kid. And when they were, and he would have gone to school just like everybody. He didn't have a pass to stay home, you know, like, oh, he's Jesus, you know, John and Jacob, y'all go to school. (laughs) So he's at school too. And I don't believe when the teacher says, all right, class, quote Psalm 119. Jesus doesn't stand up and quote, and all the kids are whispering. Well, it's easy for him to say he he wrote it. You know, nobody said that. Like you got to understand, Jesus is fully human. He is studying the Word of God. He's living the Word of God. He's loving the Word of God. He's meditating on the Word of God. Why? Why is that important? So that when Jesus says at thirty years old to a group of fishermen, watch this, come follow me. What he's saying to them is, come be like I am, do what I do, live like I live, and love like I love. If they would have thought Jesus had some kind of superior ability, they would have said, man, we can't do that. You know, there's no way. But they didn't. They believed, Jesus even said, you're going to do greater things than me in scope, not in scale. I mean, not in quality, but in scope. But basically what Jesus was saying is, you do as I do. I've hidden the word in my heart. Now, Mm -hmm. let me give you a case in point. Why is scripture memory so important? Why do you think? Because we need to hide the word of God in our heart. So when we're responding and living out our lives, we know what Christ is telling us to do. If we don't know what he's, he's told us to do, then we can't live it out. We can't respond to it. Exactly. Yeah, people say, I, I don't hear from God. Are you saying I got that answer right? No, that was good. And you normally don't get it right this Thank early. Goodness. So Thank normally, goodness. that was yeah. good. You, you kept brain, going until you oh, got it right, which was good. Yeah. <laughs> the hamster but, was running yeah, really yeah, quick. Yeah, it kept going. <laughs> on the wheel. So basically, uh, when people say, I don't hear from God. God doesn't speak to me. I say, well, you can't say that with a closed Bible on the bedside or by the bedside. Like God speaks through his word. Okay, let me give you an example. Hiding the word in the heart is important. Why? One is it helps us obey and know the word of God. But more than that, it helps us respond against spiritual attacks in the Christian life. As a disciple of Christ in discipleship groups, you're going to face tragedy. You're going to face trials. You're going to face difficulties. You're going to face things falling apart, not as expected. Okay. So how do you combat the devil, the enemy, when trials come? How do you combat the world when things fall apart? How do you combat the flesh when you're tempted? Here's how Jesus did it. Jesus goes in the wilderness, if you remember. And, and the funny thing is, the spirit in Mark says, thrusted him in the wilderness. He uses that word thrusted or drove into the wilderness. Okay. So Jesus, in a sense, didn't have an option. 
<laughs> Spirit's like, it's like you're on the train, we're gone. You know, you, just, you don't have an option. So Jesus gets in the wilderness. 40 days he's being tempted by, or 40 days he's fasting. At the end of the fast, hanging on at the end, you know, in his humanity, he's hungry. He's, he's weary in a sense in his body, and the devil comes and tempts him. Now, here's what's interesting about the temptation. I don't know if you ever thought about this. The first temptation, Jesus quotes scripture. This is so cool. The second temptation, Satan quotes scripture from the book of Psalms, but he misconstrues the scripture. Hmm. Did you know this? I think you've told me this once, but I don't. Please refresh me. On okay, this. I think I, I have told you this, but I don't know if anybody, the audience may have not heard this. Okay, so when Jesus, when the, when Satan says, "Test or or jump off this building," and surely the angels concerning you will lift you up and protect you, right? I mean, the, the Bible says God will protect you, lift the, lift you up. But what he doesn't do is he leaves out a crucial piece of the Old Testament scripture. So he quotes a line, skips a line, quotes another two lines. Now, here's the question I've thought when I was reading this the other day. Do I know the Bible well enough to know the Old Testament that if the enemy quotes Scripture to me, I know where he's misquoting it? Wow, that's good. Think about that. That's a tough question. Would My you? answer would probably be maybe not. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, outside of John 3.16, a few key verses. I, mean, I would do hope we, so, yeah. Do yeah. We, can you stop and say, no, that word's not this, that word's that? Definitely not. Right? Okay, Definitely so not. here's the point I'm trying to make. Jesus not only knew the word, right. he meditated on the word. He lived mm. the word. Okay, so he responded with the word. Yeah. Maybe one of the reasons you're living a defeated life right now as a Christian is because you haven't hidden the word in your heart. Mm. Okay, so the first spiritual discipline that is crucial. The first for, pillar. The first pillar for a discipleship group is scripture memory. Mm. Okay, now. Scripture memorization is really difficult. Yeah. In fact, I've never led a group, Chris, where we started. I just started a group recently right. where we began, we began with scripture memory, and they said, man, I can't wait. been waiting my whole Christian life to memorize mm. you know, books of the Bible or yeah. various scriptures. Well, let's continue talking about that pillar and the other pillars after this brief break. Discipleship, walking in the ways of Jesus by the power of the Spirit, is living life to the fullest. To live in this power and peace will cost you everything. Cultural Christianity offers a shallow existence of perceived faithfulness, and the price of admission into heaven is cheap. Let's restore discipleship to the core of the church's mission. The Cost of Cheap Grace by Bill Hull and Brandon Cook makes a bold, sweeping argument for restoring discipleship to its rightful place at the center of the church's mission and God's vision. Reading this book and applying its principles will reinvigorate your evangelism, revitalize your life, and restore world-changing power to the gospel. The Cost of Cheap Grace is available wherever books are sold. Use code DISCIPLESHIP20 at navpress.com for an extra 20% off the already discounted price this month. That's DISCIPLESHIP20, DISCIPLESHIP20 at navpress.com. And we're back talking about the pillars of four key pillars of discipleship important pillars the pillars essential pillars essential pillars yeah, i like that pillars. i like that yeah and as and in our normal fashion we haven't even finished one yet we, <laughs> well we started talking about the word yeah then we started talking about scripture memory yeah and i feel like there's two pillars there there are two when i'm coming i'm coming, back to, coming word. back to the okay. i'm coming back to the word come back to the word so spend, scripture memory is key okay now pillar number two okay so scripture memory so what i would say one more one more little uh, addendum and then mm -hmm. we're done you have to start your group, in my opinion, 
with the memorization or the recitation of scripture. Right. Start it or early in the group. Or early in the group. Yeah. So I start with prayer request or prayer and an update from the week. Right. And then the very next thing I do is scripture Mm -hmm. memorization Mm -hmm. quotation. So basically second or third. Uh, Because if I'm driving to your house and I'm memorizing in my car, Right. You want to make it easy for me to just quickly get that out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, full confession here. Full confession. So I've never done that. I, well, I'm just kidding. I may have. Not done only that. have I, I done, have done. Not that. only have we done that, but I coach upward basketball. Okay. With my boys. Okay. You know this, and uh, they get like they get coins and little trinkets. Yeah. I mean, it's little trinkets, yeah. but they get a trinket if they quote their scripture. Ooh, okay. To the people at the church, gotcha. right? So upward basketball, we do it there. And I coach both teams. One of the okay. reasons my kids are doing upward is I get to coach them both. Right. right? It's really so, for you, not them. Right. So <laughs> yeah. So I'm with a guy. Yeah. Really. So the guy I'm coaching with, yeah, uh, who is part of that church, and he's a friend and a very competitive guy. He wants to win at everything. I mean, yes. he's, he wants to win at the games. That's what you want your coach. Which is to funny because for years we never kept score. Well, so you don't keep scoring upward, supposedly. Well, no, ours do. <laughs> and the funny thing about upward is even if we don't keep score, the kids, oh, the keep kids the definitely score. keep the score. They know. I'm like. All right, guys, great play. Coach, we're down by 10. Well, you're not yeah. supposed to know that. You know, you're not, what are you doing? So uh, we, so he's very competitive. Yeah. Okay? So I'm watching him. We're at the first or second practice. I mean, first, second game. Mm-hmm. I'm watching him, and the kids walk in, and he's like, hey, do you have your scripture? And they're like, scripture? Mm-hmm. He's like, you didn't memorize your scripture? Pulls out of his pocket the yeah. scripture memory card. Ooh. He says, memorize this immediately and go quote it to her right after. So we are teaching. <laughs> now, I wasn't about to step in because yeah. when the whole team yeah. quotes scripture, then what happens is you get a prize for the oh, team. Oh, boy. Yeah, okay. I mean, kids want prizes. Okay, right? gotcha. you, get, you get money to spend at the concession So we set. try to avoid that in our discipleship. Don't do group. that with adults, right? <laughs> now, it works with kids and upward, but don't do that with adults. Okay, the second pillar yes. is Bible engagement. Mm. Why do I say Bible engagement? Bible engagement is a little bit more than just Bible reading. Okay. Because we can read, totally forget it, move on, and it has no impact on our life. And, and a lot of us do that. And, and that is typically, and I'll be honest with you, if you're reading a through the Bible in the year plan, it's about five chapters a day. Yes. And there's some great ones, like a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New, a Psalm every day, uh, so on and so forth. There's some good plans, and I'm not trying to distract you from that plan if that's what you're doing. Yeah. I'm not trying to talk you down from that plan if you think it's the best way to do it. I have a pastor who's read the entire Bible through for like 35 years. Wow. Um, and that's a great thing to Praise do. God. Do it if you can do it. Praise God. My challenge is I've got no application happening out of that. Generally, it's more of I've got to get through the material. Yeah. And that's reading to read versus reading to apply, which Ooh. is engagement means how do I, I also have to live this out? Yeah, how we, do I apply this to my life? Now, we've said this before, but it's worth saying again. Uh, a very Western approach, which mm-hmm. is what we're raising, nothing wrong with that, just the culture of our context. A very right. Western approach to reading is I start a plan mm-hmm. and I finish a plan, and that's success. Right. So think about it. We always say, hey, have you ever read the Bible? And he, well, I've gotten through half of it, and it's right. almost like I failed. <laughs> You know, it's yeah. like a failure. Well, half of the Bible, that's a failure. Yeah, right, right. Oh, I'm, I skipped the Old Testament, went straight to the right. Okay. That is, we're looking for somebody that says cover to cover, but that's very Western. And, and that's basically reading for information, okay? A very Eastern, Hebraic, Jewish, Jesus form would be reading for intimacy. See the difference? One is reading for information. I'm trying to learn things. I'm finishing a plan. The other is reading for intimacy. I'm not necessarily trying to finish an entire plan. I'm trying to spend time with a person. Okay? It's very different. It's like a relationship. You don't want to rush the relationship. You want to spend time. You want to hear a long story. You want to stop and pause. You want to think about it. You want to, hey, what was that you said? Okay. So that takes time. So I cringe personally when I see church. I mean, and this is just a personal thing from discipling 
people for 16, 17 years now. What I realize, it, when, when I cringe about it, is when I see pastors saying every church member is going to do a read through the Bible plan a year, five chapters a day, you know, 52 weeks. That's great for people who have been Christians for a season. But a new believer or an immature disciple, they can't do that. So what you're doing is you're setting them up for failure. Okay, so here's a different strategy. Now, we're not saying you have to use our plans, but I will say there has been a lot of thought and research and development mm -hmm. into the plans. Right. It wasn't 500, I mean, 260 days a year. Let's just develop a plan for that. Yeah, so throw some know. verses at the, the days of the week. Let's just pick on. it up. <laughs> yeah. No, we realize that people can read legitimately one to two verses, chapters Chapter. a day legitimately they're busy on the weekend so let's give them the weekends off and legitimately we want them or or or, or practically we want them to read less to digest more right. so you're going to want to read okay so today perfect example my two boys are doing our quiet time in the morning together mm -hmm. i made a deal with them i bribed them oh, boy. full disclosure <laughs> the upward mechanic kicking in well yeah i mean it's upward so <laughs> might as well stick with the, the thread you know so i i bribed them and i told them I said, if you read the Bible in a year, uh -huh. Daddy will take you on an RV trip out west. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'm personally hoping this doesn't come true. You're getting nervous already. <laughs> now, the cool thing is I've never operated or even <laughs> been in an RV I'm before. Saying. So I would like for you to return from out west safely. Should I hire a driver, <laughs> a professional driver? So... so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen, but I don't think they're going to finish. I have a feeling this is going to They're not going to finish. No, so I have a feeling it's gonna, <laughs> you're going to be taking this trip. I have a feeling. Can yeah. Candy drive an RV? Candy That's might be driving question. the RV for us. Okay, but here's the thing. I said to them, I said, if you read, you can go on the trip. So they're, yes. all, they're like, Dave, like a real RV where you can sleep while we're driving? Well, yeah, but there's more, you know, there's more to it. than. First of all, if they ever sleep while you're driving, I would like to know that. Uh, I'd like to hear that story. <laughs> Yeah, are you saying my driving's not the best? No, I'm saying there's no chance they're sleeping. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Okay, so here's what I so here's what happened. This morning, they're all into it. They're reading their Bible. And so I'm trying to teach them. So they're reading a chapter that has like 50-something verses in it. Okay, that's a long chapter for a, a 9 and 11-year-old. Yeah. So I they look at the Bible. Why so many chapters? You know, I was like, well, here's the deal. Read until you hear from God. That's what I told them. So, re and, I, and I'm teaching them as an early age, nine and 11, they have highlighters in hand and they have a pen and they have a journal and a Bible. So I'm teaching them, this is how, this is what a Christian does so that when dad's not there in college, I don't have to say, read your Bible. They just know when I get up in the morning, this is what a Christian does. Right. So that's what I'm teaching them. Okay. So they, they're, they're online. So Rig gets like six verses in. He's like, oh man, that's good. So he underlines. I said, what? Well, read a little more. He said, no, I got my hear journal. I want to do it on this. Yeah. So read a little more. Six verses later. D dude, this is even better, Daddy. So he underlines this one. Okay? When I said, son, you don't want to underline a bunch of them. When he got finished with the 30 verses, he had like six different ones. On he said, can I do hear journals on multiple ones? I said, no, that is not how you do In reality, so, he could. He could. But it might be a challenge if he does. You know, how, how would you do it? How would you? Here's what I told him. I said, this is what's cool about reading the Bible every year. I said, next year you can come back and do a hair journal on the same passage in the same chapter. But you only want to do one. So hair journaling along with scripture or Bible reading is a way for you to not only read but engage the word. And, and we can't stress this enough. We've, we've talked about this. We've written about this. If you don't know what a hair journal is, I would say you're missing out. 
on a huge blessing to grow you as a person, to right. grow your discipleship groups, to grow your children. It's a game changer. For it's sure. the game changer. Mm-hmm. And I'm just telling you, and some of you have been listening for a while and like, man, I've been hearing that, but that's not for me. I'm not a big journaler. Yeah. Neither are we. Like, I'm not a big journal guy that's sitting right in the deep, dark secrets of my life at night in a journal that I can hold and hope nobody finds. That's not me. But what I am doing is I'm, di- I'm journaling as I dialogue with God to timestamp my life so that years later I can pull these journals off the shelf and say, this is what God spoke to me in 2020. Hmm. That's good. How many of you can do that? That's a good question. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, how, for m- sure. most people can't. Sure. And then how cool is it to give it to your kids one day? That's awesome. So I would say the two pillars before we're going to have to come back to this. I we'll, think we're we'll probably have to do another one on the other two pillars. But we knew this. We was got coming. only through two. It's for some reason we think we can do so much and we cannot. We always do. We but cannot. here's the cool thing: <laughs> as, as long as the pillars are yeah. on the west and east side of the house, yeah. we're fine. We're okay. The house, yeah. As right, long as the right. winds aren't blowing yeah. too strongly, now if all you the, can wait until next week. That's right. Now if the pillars <laughs> are on the porch, you're in trouble, right? Because the whole house. Okay. So just to recap: scripture memorization, yes. key. David said, I've hidden your word in my heart mm-hmm. so that I might not sin against you. Right. Hebrew says the Bible is living and active, sharper mm-hmm. than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. So not only does the word help us, you know, and, and right. I'm thinking Second Timothy too, uh, it's for teaching, rebuke, correction, training, and righteousness. So the, this is what the Bible does. Yeah. So why would you not give it to other people to help them? But why not let it heal your own soul and teach your own soul and train your own soul? Okay, so that's the first one. The second one is Bible reading. Engagement, sorry, engagement. Not reading, engagement. And here's the cool thing about engagement. When you log here journals, and I'll finish with this. When you log here journals, you are spending time with God and getting a fresh word from God. Okay, if the Bible's living and active, meaning God's going to apply his word that you may have read 10, 15 times before differently this morning than he would any other morning. Why? Because you're at a different season of life now. And that text, which sometime in the past may not be relevant, is very relevant today in your life because you're struggling with worry or you're struggling with anxiety or you're struggling with fear. Okay, so here's what I would say. And then you use that to teach and train other people. So if you've ever been asked, and I'm sure you have before, uh, hey, Chris, uh, the speaker uh, you know, backed out. Do you mind giving a quick word to the, to the workers at my organization real quick? Right. A word? What are you talking about? Like, yeah, just a word from the Bible. Right. Like, I'm going to have to pull my Bible up. If you have your Hear Journal book with you, okay, we have these journals now. They've already sold out twice. They may sell out again. It could be a sore subject at this point in time. It's not sore anymore. I moved beyond it. I've gotten. <laughs> hey, we have it. something that a lot of people want. Well, that's the positive. And we're trying our best to the get it. The positive is, how do you create something within the release? I mean, literally days it sells out. Yes, sir. But if you had one, one of those unicorns, uh, those replicate discipled unicorn journals, if you had one, then you could share out of the overflow. Here's the quote I want you to think about. John Wesley said, I don't study the Bible to preach. I preach because I've studied the Bible. And what I tell people is you don't want to read the Bible. You want to get to the place where the Bible's reading you. Yeah. And the Bible knows you, the Bible's revealing your thoughts and intentions of your heart and mm-hmm. maturing you. That's a good word and a great topic today. Uh, as always, if you enjoy the podcast, take out your phone right now. Click the share button and share it with some friends. Text somebody. Say, hey, check out Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty and let others know about it. And as always, give us a review. We, we love those five-star reviews. Sure. You could give us a four-star review if you want. No. We don't like that as much, but 
I would prefer the five-star review from wherever you listen, whatever platform you're on. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.